0: Hi everyone, welcome to Pocha Soa. I am Lenny, Y yo soy Maggie. This is episode number 7 of season 1.
1: OMG, I can't believe this is the last, last,
0: last what? episode
1: of season 1, Lenny.
0: I know, I know, I know. So much has happened, no? Oh, we started off the season with sharing with you guys some of the history that de la palabra pocha, our struggles with identities, and our experience of migrating and living undocumented in the state. We also
1: talked about our process coming back to Mexico, getting to know our deported and returned community, also our journey in activism, which also later led to our mobility. We have talked and opened up as Retornadas Migrantes y Pochas, and in this last episode we really want to share more about our interests, our topics, and experiences in
0: our life that make up who we are. So, as Maggie shared, we will be continuing to explore who we are, continuing in this healing process, and just understanding what has happened in our lives. At times, nos han salido las lagrimas en este espacio. Other times, we've shared a lot of laughs, uh, some pretty good food as well. (laughs) Our intentions at the end of the day have always been to keep it real and to allow ourselves to be vulnerable with you guys. We have opened up with you because it's important for everybody that joins us and is listening to know that this platform is by and for us, to share the stories that we and you want to tell, sharing the multiplicity, the diversity, and complexity in our stories, compartiendo quienes somos y nuestras historias en este mundo.
1: Yeah, so I feel that many times as deported and forced return community, We forget that we're also many other things, Gamal, that we also gain a lot from the different spaces that we transition. So I think it's really important to talk about everything else that we are. I think that that's something really important. And so to start off, we want to talk about our process, sharing our stories. I feel like stories is a key word in Pocha So What in general. For sure. So stories is is something that is in the center. And do you want to share about? Were you always comfortable sharing your story publicly? Why do you think it's important to tell our stories first of all? But also, how can we make sure that we're telling our stories in our
0: own terms? Oh, that's a complex question. So, was I always comfortable? I would say I've always been comfortable with being on a stage or having to public speak, be it playing Maria in like the church play to like reading an essay, like in front of the class or something. I never really had a lot of issues with that. But when it comes with my story, that's different. I think as I started to grow up, I became a lot more timid and a lot more shy. And then everything with my migration story and who I was and the realities of it started to like unravel in front of me. So then that led me for a long time to feel ashamed and to feel like in the shadows. And I think I started to understand the power of stories to Mexico and witnessing from this side of the border the uh, the undocumented and afraid movement that started there that started after we left and I I was carrying that shame that I know people over there were carrying of just feeling afraid of being ashamed of not of maybe even some guilt like different emotions that that go on in our communities that one thing that they were all using was their voice. And their voice was to share who they were, but at the same time, because they, in sharing, could maybe also relate to somebody else or connect with somebody else. So that's when I started to want to get to know who my community was, is that I understood that I needed to uplift my voice in that moment or in the space that I was, because I wasn't hearing any other voices as mine. So not just telling a story, but what is the intention of wanting to tell your story and as well even decolonizing your own story deconstructing your own story to understand what you've been told you are
1: in my case i think i've really been learning a lot about the power of stories i think it's been like a process of different stages But now, reflecting back, como when I was in third grade, I've talked about how I read Esperanza Rising, for example. Reflecting on it now, it was the first time that I was reading something that I could see myself being represented Mm -hmm. as a little girl in Mexico, crossing to California, Mm -hmm. talking about, even though she talked about her abuela and I didn't have that relationship, sort of like I... Like I put myself in her character and I was like, oh my abuela, como it was a to way
0: to, another brown skinned girl low in the cover. <laughs> it was like
1: a way to connect, but I've understood now como what power that story had at that age. I feel like when I realized I was undocumented, as I also shared before, I just came out, como yeah. I was like, if I know that I'm undocumented and I don't want to go to Mexico I need to be outspoken. I need to talk to teachers. I need to talk to attorneys. I need to tell the people in my church about it. Maybe I'll figure out a way to stay and to como mm-hmm. regularizar mi estatus de indocumentada. So like my logic was I need to be outspoken and talk about my story if I want to find support. Mm. And then I come to Mexico and I sort of get into this black hole that I describe como emotionally and with regretting and depression and just like feeling as a failure, that I sort of went into my little shell. And then I remember that the first time that I or one of the first times in 2015 where I had to get on a stage and talk about my story for the Instituto Mora aquí in Ciudad de Mexico. Oh. We made this we had this panel. well, we had like an encuentro but we had a panel where we needed to talk about our stories or share something about us. And I remember I got this anxiety and this panic attack that I even left the stage in the middle of the panel y me salí corriendo, cause I needed like air. Yeah. And it was just seeing so many people in the audience and me telling my story, something that was still very, como in the initial stages of sharing mm-hmm. it publicly. But I think it's been a process of also the way I tell my story, but also the way that I see that people receive my story. Yeah. And that is something that I think for our community, como you can tell your story in a way, but seeing other people listen or receive that message through like pettiness or like, como pobrecita mm-hmm. or like, re-victimizing or, or just saying like sorry it's como well that's not my intention. Yeah como my intention is to share my story because I want I want to be part of a change. I want for other people to not go through that. I want to contribute with
0: the collective narrative. The collective
1: narrative como the message through the story. Mm-hmm. And I'm a lot more than just a person with that story como I feel like it's a process and I think that Bocha Zawet is also a space that invites our listeners to listen from from a place of of, of allowing themselves to, to deconstruct and to get transformed by the narratives.
0: We have mentioned before, and not just us, but other community members that we've been in conversation with. Our stories have been used by the media, researchers and politicians, but usually from the standpoint of just our testimonies, and usually with the intention of these testimonies to uplift a feeling of sadness, of pobrecito, pobrecita, no? Of victims, as if our, our full story were just to be these sob
1: stories, no? I really invite people to listen to actively listen and to and to really see this as something more reciprocal. So I think that allowing yourself to really listen, but even share a little bit, can more create relationships.
0: I think as well, maybe one of the clearest example, and we have brought him up many times in this podcast, Dr. Krasavi, mm-hmm. um, illegal traveler. And he mentioned that the work that he did with the book, Illegal Traveler, was actually his second one. And he produced it after he had to basically present his thesis. So he wrote a book, which was exactly as you mentioned, from the academia, from his school. They required for him to do a piece that was objective, that was from detached, you could say, no. Even though he had lived through many experiences and in, in, in this, no? I, I really he has shared his first book with us. Mm-hmm. I still haven't gotten around to read it. And the second one, it just which is a legal traveler, he even mentioned that he wrote it after leaving the space and basically getting his like degree and like proving in quotation marks himself, no? Okay. And this was more, more a piece of what he would like to write as as an investigator, as a person of the academia, but also as a man that has crossed borders, as a man that has been illegalized. And his work till this day has been translated into the terms that we use. So I think this is when like that question of how, how can it help us? And how can it help the academia as well? To be able to find this common ground where we use terms that we can both like recognize and we can both understand.
1: I think that that's been one of the biggest problems, no? Que al final, there's not this sense of collaboration between all of these actors, no? se llega ya, como la academia, pues, there's this whole, like, competitividad, and we're like, I want to be in this place as a doctor, as a person that is recognized by all of these books that I've written, and, like, it becomes more about the person who has written those books than... The, the the collaboration that they did with the different communities that were part of that. And they need both. Like, without the communities, but that person wouldn't be there. Well, we
0: could exist without academia. We could, yeah. but we have learned a lot. And it has As really well.
1: helped us to, yes. like, build our messages. And I think it's part of being able to create real change. Tapping a little bit into practicas narrativas, which is something that I've been studying for the last two or three years, mm-hmm. has really given me the tools and the language to also say, there is another way, como, yeah. we can, like, people are expert of their lives. People have multiplicity of stories. People have diversity in stories. We need to listen to people mm-hmm. who have been silenced for, for, for many, like, historically been silenced. And I think that Pocha so is also that place to acknowledge the expertise of everybody and allow people to take up those spaces. So, prácticas narrativas, I think, is apilar in, in the way I tell stories, the way I ask, the way I document what I listen, the way I listen, como me ha dado todas esas herramientas, and to know that there's like multiple different documents, como puedes hacer un bordado y es un documento, una película, un poema, una canción, un, there's just so many, many, many ways of documenting what you're listening. So in general, you'll be listening to a lot about prácticas narrativas as well.
0: Which kind of leads to the next question.
1: Yes, so (laughs) we have also mentioned that we are a lot more than just pochas retornadas, migrantes. So I don't know if, Lenny, you want to start off by sharing what other topics and interests or things our community of listeners can expect to hear throughout the many
0: seasons yet to come. The many, 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 many seasons. Oh, I know we're going to be seeing a lot of artwork. Uh, We're going to be seeing a lot of creativity, a lot of stories within this. But I know as well as you've mentioned, we have also experienced a lot of things within our own migration, within our own stories. These things are topics that we want to analyze and I guess go deeper within this own space No. So with that, I am going to share. Que soy una mujer that has lived through many things that I think everyone has looked through many things, no? And I think everybody thinks that. But I don't know if it's just me, maybe some of the audience can relate to this, but just when I think like my life is in this okayness, you could say. The sun is beautiful <laughs> and everything, it's like the universe, the life is like, watch me. Te va una bola bien grande. And it can be a bit easier, I guess, to think first that you can forget the bad. But then at the same time, you realize that's the thing that has taken most of your attention. Mm -hmm. The things that are bad. Because they're a lot more difficult to forget. And it's not until I've had many of these points in my life where I've hit like this feeling of rock bottom Mm -hmm. that it makes me realize I that thing that I put in the box is about to explode and like, I need to confront it before
1: mm.
0: it explodes and like gets me. And with that being said, um, while wallowing, I have found myself like in, immersed, I guess metaphor and like imagery, it comes to play a lot. Mm-hmm. And and that can be part of like what interests and topics are, are like poetry, like writing and things. But I guess I just, in those moments of like my, my bottomless, I guess you could say it's like I feel like I'm on the starless night and like I'm seeing like pitch black But whenever I think I am at my most black or whenever I'm seeing like the blackest of all of my blackest nights There's always this little light that comes A shining moment A shining moment (laughs) Yeah, we also have a play with uh, that word and we could bring it into Butchoso as well But my shining moments are the moments that have saved me from, from going deeper. Just I, I say all of this because those shining moments are the ones that have taken me across to be able to now be at this point in Bocho So What sharing with you guys. And of all of these things, I want to explore more. For me as a woman, it's been always problematic to make roots because I'm just afraid of making roots. And I'm afraid that it'll be more complicated And instead, it makes it easier to just not root at all. So if I have to como trasplantarme, like it won't hurt as much, no? But at the end, that's an underlaying of like mental health. It's an underlaying of relationships. It's an underlaying of being a, a migrant person that has moved around so much. So that's kind of an insight of what topics I can just touch with that in my life. As well, I am a woman that was raped in Mexico and who was molested as a child in the U.S. And I started therapy just last year, and why? Because I had one of those bottoms. For three years after my rape happened, I thought I had put it in a box and it was all good. It was really, really hard to feel that bottom and realize like it's time to confront it because it has taken too much already of me. So that is something for sure I wanna touch about, and to just share more about what it means to be a woman. And as I recognized in therapy, what it means to be a survivor. Um, Part of a mixed status family, split by borders. I have been recently, and this is one of those moments that I mentioned about just when I think everything is going fine. Like, yes, there's things going on, but like life is kind of looking up. I get diagnosed with epilepsy. (laughs) I had an epileptic attack on November, 2020. When we had first started writing the script of this, I was taking two pills. And I actually now am taking five pills. And we will see what more I have to do to be able to support my body. But understanding all of that, because but I said, I've had this since birth. And that I understood actually came from different points in my life. But that go within the lack of medical support, the poverty of the conditions that I was born in, to the family dynamics that I was born in. Like, epilepsy has made me understand as well even more how more intersectional we are. So I want to touch a lot of those underlying things and one of those things of just mi piel morena, wanting to discover who I am more through my, mi tierra, my ancestors, understanding more my indigenous roots and those lights in my life have been my faith, have been my fascination with mermaids and to swim in the oceans freely with them and you guys will see more in the future and I would say writing, family and food. Food, food, food! I want food. more food. I'm full, just so what? Yeah, we haven't had <laughs> enough food. I
1: feel like we we eat a lot of food, but we haven't showed it as much. <laughs> Maggie has f- albums of me. Eating yeah, food. I could do a whole collage of you <laughs> eating food, like yeah. Aquí, yeah, yeah, and everywhere. Yeah. But thank you for sharing that. I think thank that. Como decías, como esto de the, the shining moments, is, and again, talking about prácticas narrativas, como I feel like when we're in those lowest, lowest moments, como we really, como prácticas narrativas usa la metáfora las de las estrellas, mm-hmm. ¿no? Y como, for those of you that don't know Mexico City,
0: but there's hecho, a lot prácticas of... Prácticas narrativas
1: has helped me a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of pollution in Mexico City, and you can never see the stars in Mexico City. And that's like a metaphor that is compared to when we're going through our lowest, 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 I I called it a black hole, but there was that pollution. And on top of that pollution, there are stars. And just because I can't see them doesn't mean that they don't exist, but we do need networks, relationships, community to not tell us like, hey, why aren't you looking at that star? But to tell us. Echale ganas. <laughs> yeah, tampoco echale ganas. But to tell us, hey, what is that? Como, and then you're like, wait, what? And they could be like, there's something there. And then you could, you yourself can start like, oh, wait, there's a shining moment. Like that lady that gave me a, a taza de café the other day when I was hungry. That was a shining moment that I didn't realize because someone was giving me attention and supporting me and I felt love through that Taza de Café. So I feel like Practicas Narrativas también through those shining moments, te deja saber that there are shining moments. And I uh, there's also a lot of things that I want to share, como más allá de Practicas Narrativas y, y de escuchar mucho. I think that as we mentioned earlier, were a lot of things, somos muchas cosas, and I also feel that as we grow, we we, we gain new things and we, and we get to live new things. Como todo esto también que compartías de la epilepsia. Como it was always there, but maybe this is the time to like go into it and acknowledge your body and acknowledge those changes. To so
0: thank my body that it's carried me to this moment, but also to ask, okay, what have I done to you to lead you to a point of...
1: And also rely on other people. Yeah. Como I feel yeah. like al final there's different things that happen to us that make us como, maybe understand that we can't go through life ourselves. como We have to rely on others. And maybe there are things that are more like, literally, you have to rely on others, but at the end, we all have to rely on each other. So I think I want to talk about different experiences. I think that as a woman who has vivido lived several losses, I've been really reading and looking into what grief means and there's all this theory of like grief means to like you have to go through seven stages Mm -hmm. of like not accepting it being in denial and then eventually step seven will be like you'll be over it no and i really don't agree with that como it's a very occidental perspective where like they're telling you to leave the relationships that you have and I think I've under, Igual practicas narrativas has really helped in like, and también como, por ejemplo, las comunidades en México de qué significa la muerte, no? And mm-hmm. how we have día de muertos, how we continue to have those relationships with our loved ones. And I also feel that there's another life be, be, besides this one. Como, it's like a transition that I don't know, but there's many como pistas that let me know that my loved ones are still here, como, one way or another, there's like these signs that I like never asked for. And then I'm like, oh, wow. like So I want to explore more how those relationships with our loved ones transition and shift. Because I feel that I'm even closer to my mom now. Como, there's nothing that I can hide. There's nothing that I cannot tell her. So I think that that's something that me- I know that many people who are grieving, they're doing it alone as well. Como, they don't talk about it because they feel like, oh, I'll make the other person feel comfortable, or they're not going to know what to say, come on. and I think that that's something that will help, because at the end, we are all going to grief at some point, point, no, and if we don't talk about it, it'll just be something more alienated that people go through, and violence in families. I think that También en México, Latinoamérica, sobre todo existe esto de la familia is forever, ¿no? Como de sangre y tu familia, and you have to do everything for your family. And at the end, like, a lot of the sexual abuses que han venido incluso también de familiares, people or women, or like, you're like, oh no, I can't say anything, because es mi padrino, o es mi tío, o es mi papá. And like, you have to go through this like, shameful thing where you te culpas a ti misma, ¿no? When in reality you can say hey even if you're my dad if you're harming me if you if i don't feel comfortable with you if this is happening i don't need to be in your life or you don't need to be in my life there's there's other kinds of families which is your community your friends other people that you meet in your way and i think that that's something that i want to explore more about disrupting those family norms while at the same time continuing to to learn more also about my roots, my abuelas, my abuelos, my parents' towns, como reconnecting, as you mentioned, with that brown skin and that tierra that I think that many of us, como literally the term poche means arrancada de su tierra, that I think that now we're more conscious and we're wanting to learn from a perspective, not como de, extraer or de llegar y querer claim something that we're not, but but letting it be a process where we're listening, we're learning, and then maybe one day we can say, I, I belong to this land, but not because I just want to say it, but because I truly feel that I belong and that I'm accepted. So that's something that I think we both have in common, that we want to explore more our roots. Soy practicante narrativa, so I really want to include more practicas narrativas in in everything I do. El rol de la fotografía también, I feel like photography has a lot of power in capturing. And we've seen it in a what how we share all of those throwback Thursdays oh, of gosh. photos. They
0: always trigger. <laughs> right? That's like our
1: favorite day of the week, I feel, como sharing all yes. of those photos because they take us back to a moment when we were happy or when... We went through something that was joyful to us, or sad, or like there. There's this way of capturing moments that I think that photos will always have. Yeah. Poesía, of course. I love I love poetry. Como I'll be reading snippets of poems. Also, uh-huh. stay tuned
0: for poetry books. <laughs> yes, we we'll have several
1: poetry slams. We both love the ocean. Yes. Como el mar, las olas. We yes. do a lot of metaphoras within tides and like
0: stars sunset, and stars,
1: moon <laughs> moon and mermaid, yes. conversaciones con la luna everyday como my process in in learning to appreciate all the different territorios as well that that I habitar like appreciating and having those relationships with our territorios not just from a like que está de moda or whatever yeah. but actually feeling and listening to the land and I think that that through poetry and through listening to different people that have been maestras maestros in my life, I think I'm, I'm really conscious and intentional about wanting to listen more to the land.
0: So Maggie, what would you say one of the biggest things that you've learned since you've migrated, returned and also been part of this growing community? But I think we've shared a lot of things already. But if there's anything else you want to, like... I think that the sense
1: of community and collectivity. Como... I think that in the U.S., I grew up in a very individualist Mm -hmm. way. And even I carried it here until, like, a few years. Like, hace dos, tres años. Como even three years ago, I felt like I was still very individualist. Como, like, this is mine. And I have the right because it's mine. If I'm successful, it's because of me. Like... I'm the person that decides Um, and that's wrong. Like, as I was saying, we, we rely on other people. Like we're social humans that it's a whole lie from a capitalist system that says like, it's up to you and success is up to you when no, like I'm part of a collective. I'm part of a community. It's okay to rely on other people. It's okay to build relationships, to trust people it's okay to to not, see, como it's okay to belong to other and to belong to something bigger than yourself, whether it's people, the land and other, like the universe, mm-hmm. I think that that is something that I've learned a lot in my process of being an activist, but also being in Mexico as part of a community. I don't know, there's just so many things, but overall, I would say community reciprocity también como listening to what i need and what i need oh, as that's well not just one. give como, puto, I, used, I used to not like the word boundaries because i would be like es que so it's giving comunidad." but after a while you understand I'll, i'm still searching for another way to no set boundaries yeah. that's still like in my to-do list respect maybe but but i feel like yeah, no sé qué palabra. If y'all yeah. have any word, but but they're important because then we're also taking care of of ourselves yeah. and being allowing other people to take care of us so that we can continue our work. You're hitting me with that one. on.
0: <laughs> I guess I would, It's hitting me a lot because I had this conversation just a bit ago because of my epilepsy, you know, and because of like the financial like stress that it that it puts upon. And I've had, like, messages, like, from, like, some sibling, like, get a real job, no? Or, like, well, I don't know, try to find other jobs or things like that, no? But it's like, at the end of the day, I'm doing, like, what I want to do. And I think it's important. And I know it is creating an impact. And como tú dices, no es como reconocer que eres parte de este colectivo. But I think also it can be very hard from the roles that we can take on be it a certain leadership or just be a feeling like this responsibility of others on us that it's very hard for me to say I need help like I I guess it's hard for me to be seen as the person that needs help or the person yeah that I guess like would be the one applying for this benefit because I usually want to be the one supporting
1: the other person. I think that that's really important because I uh, uh, I mean a así como a, as active as we can there's a moment where we need to be accompanied.
0: So I'm going to touch on real quick what I've learned from my community and this is something that I have already like very ingrained that I learned from meeting my community es que la lucha sigue. And that's something an expression I always always share and I share this has been the biggest gift of my community to me. Mm-hmm. Like showing that wherever you are once again, your voice is still your arma, no? Like your message in one way or another, be it art, be it taking the stage, whatever, no? And that even if you're in another country, even if you're in another place, in another territory, Of course, there are voices that have been silenced. As you mentioned, just within Mexico, the the environmentalist community is very hit. At one point, even the migrant community was very hit as well. mm -hmm. And it still is. And and there is always that exposure, no, of being in these lines, in these front lines, you could say. Pero something in Bochezoa is right now, grabbing onto what you shared, is like, there's some days that I haven't been feeling good. Or like, I just like feel like I have a creative block. And you're like, well then don't post, because like, this is something like, this is our platform. So I guess it's just like to thank you, but to also like, what has been like, one of the biggest things of like, that I've learned in these last four months is first, you don't ever have to be like ready and even like, what does ready mean? Because for a long time, it took me a while. I had dreamt of a space like such since university. And the day I went to I remember I showed you the doc. Oh, you remember yeah. and we talked about it's like same. this youtube channel and things like that and it transformed to be a podcast and that was yeah almost four years ago because we're going to, to four years now. yes exactly so it took three years for this to come out and it came because of a lot, a lot of ups and downs and and i think they're valid things in life that have happened but at the same time i felt very self-conscious Mm-hmm. And I felt very like I need to be mentally like I need to be physically like I need to be everything ready, to be able to like do this. But mm-hmm. it's like even when we were just starting, like I get diagnosed. <laughs> That's right. Come in all that we use a yeah.
1: lot the word organic and flowing. Come on, there's a balance, and I think yes. that we also talk we'll also talk a lot about emergent strategies. We yes. didn't mention it, but I think that emergent strategies have really. And in, in general, about home. books, we also yes. we didn't add books, but I feel like
0: we a lot of books have nurtured us. A lot
1: of yeah. books, como han sido como mis maestras, maestros yeah. como those books. And emergent strategy is another
0: example of how less prep, more presence. I think the, that is my number one.
1: Mm-hmm. Number one
0: of the emergent strategies. My number two would be that there is a conversation to have in this room, and only the people that are there, like, are meant to be, and they will find it. Or
1: what you pay attention grows. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. But I actually feel that one, I've related to it a lot, just in general, in nature, before. What uh-huh, you pay attention to. Books, también. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely, I think we'll be talking a lot about books, también. Y, y, y los saberes que nos dejan. Books and the community in general, but... But, yeah, como, there, it, this is the moment to do it. Like, we yeah. couldn't have planned it better. Como, just like, I also believe a lot in ciclos, como... We met because we had to meet. We moved together in 27 days because we were meant to move <laughs> yeah. in 27 days. But also, life went by. Como yeah. dejamos, incluso dejamos de hablarnos unos meses yeah. because of work and many other things that we yes. weren't sharing life. <laughs> but we're here in this pandemic. Como
0: and I don't think Pucho, so what would have been the same thing if it would have been produced three years ago, four years ago. I didn't
1: know, like, nothing no. three years ago. como. It
0: All that we're sharing are things that we have learned in these last three years.
1: Yeah, basically. So, to start closing. Moment, <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> what continues to encender your flama? You've talked Ooh. a lot about your llamita.
0: Yeah. What continues to encender me, llamita? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things. I think, first and foremost, to be able to for other community members to not have to go through as much as we've had to. And I I was sharing this with Maggie a couple of days ago, no? Que que chido, we had an event um, where where Las Pochas, Pochas what took over um, the space of Ola. And to be able to just acknowledge that there are community members that live undocumented over there and have this fear or even are in the process of coming back, already have found community before they even come to Mexico. And if they're still there, and if their plan is to continue there, to know that there is community on the side of the border as well, supporting and uplifting their voices from where we can as well. So I think that's my biggest Yamita, And that translates into understanding that Pochozohua is a space, like, of listening and bridging our communities.
1: I think that in in, in, in para mí, como... Just like I always say that ODA is nothing less and nothing more than those who transition mm-hmm. and, and occupy it. I think that Pocha Sohuet is lo mismo. Como yeah. is nothing more and nothing less than us and the people we are going to be talking to and listening to. and Who have joined creating. us on social
0: media. And... That they, they have already
1: yeah. um, been part of this. And, and the people that we, we're going to be bridging with how can we talk about many different other topics and issues
0: mm. but at the
1: same time this community and collective sense like we don't
0: it, we're not Ooh, waiting I, for that a vision came mm. into my head what so i see this yamita as you mentioned no like deportation and return are these like arts that like bring us together no i would even bring the term undocumented no mm-hmm. like as a community but this yamita is like to eradicate to abolish the roots that cost deportations, returns, like forced migration. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Como, I feel like we we can't. We're not fighting for that one, like that world that we deserve. I feel like we're building and we're living those worlds yeah. as we go. Wow. Well, so, oof, <laughs> I guess we are officially done with season one. Wow. We are very, very grateful to all of you that have listened and accompanied us for the last four months. Thank you to everyone that has reached out to us on social media to share your reflections, pensamientos, y todo ese amor hacia nosotros. As we shared, it's the beginning. We really want to share more about us because it's important that anybody that joins us in this space they know as we mentioned it at the beginning that they can be vulnerable that this is a safe space for everybody a safe space to share to ask to learn and unlearn and to hold complexity because i think that we've also been taught to like avoid complexity but i think complexity is part of of us as humans Mm -hmm. and I think this is a place to connect and tear down those walls with our art our work our bodies and our experiences
0: yes 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 so we are excited for what's to come for sure we are excited for you guys to hear who will be be connecting with who will we be bridging uh people from our deported returned undocumented migrant community yeah. from our families but as well allies that have contributed to our community and our movement kiaya because como compartimos es un principio every, every single one of us have a, a role or have a purpose. something to be able to aportar no a la lucha en, en la lucha grande no and without them, we also couldn't, like, do all that we do. So this is a space as well to be able to have these conversations of how can we continue working and walking together as uplifting what needs to be uplifted and giving the places of, of the places that are needed. Yeah. So there will be a lot,
1: pe- a lot of people. Yes. And we'll be from different places. Yes. More food. Maybe you- a YouTube channel. But you'll get overall you'll get to witness mucha resistencia learn and unlearn many things our community has a lot to say and this is a space for all of us stay tuned for season 2 and we are pochas so what
0: somos pochas y qué thank you everybody bye bye